Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. In the movie White Christmas, Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney sing. When I get tired and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. And when my bankroll is getting small, I remember when I had none at all, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. What we're going to do in the program today is count nine blessings of the Christian life. And maybe you've never praised God for these nine blessings. Would you take out your Bible, turn in the Old Testament to Psalm 103. King David now is going to just bless God for nine things that God has done for him. Psalm 103 in the Old Testament. Let's count our blessings for the next half hour. Let's pray first. Father, we pray, help us be grateful. Help us not forget to say thank you for all that you do. Every day may we praise you, Lord. And God, speak to us now about the great blessings of the Christian life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's about 1000 B.C., and King David writes this psalm, Psalm 103, starting at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. The word bless means praise, worship, adore. And, and this verse, you know, the rest of the sermon, we're going to talk about how God blesses us. This verse teaches that you can actually bless God. When you're praising him and thanking him for things, you're blessing him in heaven. So bless means praise him. Uh, look at the verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The word bless therefore also means forget not. Don't forget to be thankful to him. General George Patton, famous general in World War II, received a letter one day from one of his soldiers and the soldier thanked him for the good care that he got in the hospital. And George Patton said, I have served my country for 35 years this is the first time someone's written me a letter to say thank you. The word bless means don't do that to God. When he blesses you, remember to say thanks. And now we're going to say thanks for nine things that God does for us. Psalm 103, we're looking at benefit number one, starting at verse three. God forgives all your iniquity. The first blessing of being a Christian is all sins are forgiven. I was talking with a woman and she was having a very difficult time believing that God had forgiven a certain thing she did. And I basically talked to her about the word all here, that even your grossest sins that you've committed, all sins are forgiven through Christ. And do you, do you understand this? When Jesus died on the cross, he died for all your sins, past, present, even your future sins have already been paid for by Christ. 
when I teach confirmation, here's a group of 13-year-olds, and, and I'll try to make sure they understand salvation. And I'll say, there's, there's two Christians driving in a car, and they get in a fight. And one Christian says to his friend, well, GDU. And the other friend says, well, GDU, and boom, they get hit by a bus, they die. And I say to the confirmation students, they didn't have time to ask for forgiveness, so did they go to heaven or hell? Well, Pastor Brock, they went to hell. Well, why'd they go to hell? Well, they didn't have time to ask God forgiveness before they died. And I say, well, wait a minute then. For you to get to heaven, you have to have time to confess every sin you've ever done. Well, yeah. Well, then nobody's going to heaven. You don't know half your sins. And I can almost guarantee everyone watching the show, everybody will die not having had time to confess all the sins they've ever committed. Our salvation does not depend upon if I have enough time. Our salvation depends on the fact that when Christ died on the cross, he paid for all our sins, past, present, future, the ones you don't have time to confess, the big ones, the word all. The first blessing of the Christian life is in Christ all our sins are forgiven, even the ones you don't know about. Second blessing of the Christian life, Psalm 103 verse 2, 3. He heals all your diseases. The next blessing for the believer is healing of all diseases. Now you might have a problem with that. Why does it say all? You know, I've had this lumbago for so many years. I prayed for God to heal. It's still here. So what does it mean all? Well, think about it for a minute. <laughs> think of all the times you've been sick in your life and all the times God has healed you. Let's give him his due. Is it not overwhelmingly true that God has healed all your diseases? I think we've got to thank him for that. All right, so what do we do when he doesn't? Why does it say all? I mean, I've got arthritis now in this shoulder. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> I've done James chapter 5, the elders have anointed me with oil. I've gone to a couple different doctors and, and physical therapists. It's still there. Well, why does it say all? Well, some TV preachers would say, because, Tom, you don't have enough faith, and if you name it and claim it, you'd be, well, I don't think so. Here's what I think. Most of our diseases, he does heal down here. Some of the diseases, he waits, and he heals them up there. There, there ain't no arthritis in heaven. So it is literally true. God heals all of our diseases at one time or in the next life. Look at verse 4. He redeems your life from the pit. The next blessing of the Christian life is deliverance from death. Can you think of a time when you should be dead and you're here? <laughs> Thank God for that. When I was 19 years old, my dad was dying in Omaha, and I was going to school at that point in Iowa, and I was driving home every weekend while he was dying, and driving back to school one day, I got in the car crash of my life, and um, 32 stitches up here, and I, I am in the operating room, and the nurse said that she saw my car being towed away when she was driving into the hospital, and she said to herself, whoever was in that car is dead. And she's right, because only my little seat was not an accordion. And when I drive through Des Moines, when I pass that Perry exit, I just stop and say a prayer, thank you, God, for sparing my life. I should be dead. Do you ever praise God for deliverance from death? There was a Back in World War II, there was a family who donated a large amount of money to their church 
in memory of their son who died in the war. Another family heard about it and the wife said to her husband, let's give the same amount for our son. And the husband said, but our son didn't die in the war. And she said, precisely, let's give because he didn't die. Praise God for deliverance from death. Next blessing of the Christian life, verse 4. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The big blessing of the Christian life is God's love. Some woman that I was talking to said, I was raised in a very rigid church to believe that God is my judge. But she said, when I came to also understand more than that, he's my loving heavenly father. She said, that changed my life. Have you ever just thought for a minute how deeply God loves you? I'll tell you how this hit me once. On Good Friday, I'm sitting in church. They're having a play on the stage of the crucifixion of Christ, Good Friday. I'm sitting behind my associate pastor and his little boy. And he has his arm around his little boy. And you had to know this father and son. And I, I just came to my mind, wouldn't it just kill Bruce if his little boy Aaron were to die? And then it hit me. That's what happened on Good Friday to God. God sent his son in the world to die so that we could have our sins paid for and for forgiven. You can always praise God for his deep love for you. Look at the next blessing of the Christian life, verse 5. He satisfies you with good things. There's the next blessing, good things. Think of all that we've got in America. Do you realize that we in America live better than medieval kings? Even if you're poor and you're watching this show, you live better than King Henry VIII did in the 1500s in England. You have running water. He didn't. You have foods that he never even knew about. You know, if you have a heater and an air conditioner, you live better than medieval kings. Do you ever thank God for that? There's a story that one morning the sun did not rise. Nine o'clock in the morning, no sun. Twelve noon, no sun. People are crowding into churches. People all over the world are praying. They're panicking. Uh, what's happening? And then finally, the next morning at 6 o'clock, the sun rose and the people on earth praised the Lord. Point is this. God's blessings to us are so constant, we forget to say thanks. When's the last time you praised God for the sunrise? I don't know if I ever have. We need to remember to thank him for the good things. A group of tourists were standing on the balcony of a large lodge watching a beautiful sunset. After the sunset, they went inside for dinner, but one man just stayed out till the very last ray of the sun and then came in for dinner. And one woman said, you know, I noticed how you soaked up that sunset. Are you an artist? And he said, no, I'm a plumber but I was blind for five years. We need to remember to thank God even for the constant blessings we forget about. Next blessing of the Christian life is verse 5. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The next thing we thank God for is renewal. Have you ever had this happen? You get pooped, you get stressed, you get anxious, and then God just does something 
to renew you? You know, let me share a couple weird weeks that I've gone through recently. <laughs> um, if you go to pastorstudy.org, our website, on the left column, you'll see the Facebook articles that I write talking about what's happening in, uh, in the world. Well, there is a group of real radical Lutherans. We're talking seminarians, a professor of an ELCA Lutheran seminary, and some pastors. And they formed a group, and their goal is to get rid of patriarchy in the church, which I'm guessing means God the Father language, and to promote the acceptance of homosexuality and transgenderism. Well, one of these people wrote an article calling the Holy Spirit foul sexual names that I cannot repeat. And I wrote an article against what she did. Well, they are so upset with me, not that this may, lady may be blasphemed the Holy Spirit. They're upset because I call her her. This is a woman who, say, who wrote me a, a thing, I'm neither a male or a female. I, I would like you to call me by the pronoun they. Well, I refuse to. But I'm the devil, and I'm filled with hatred and ignorance. And do they care that she may be blaspheming the Spirit? No, they're angry with me because I called her her. Well, I want to tell you, I got so blistered. To, hear, to see seminarians and pastors use the F word and all this stuff against me, it was a yucky two weeks. And then I got this letter. Dear Pastor Brock, this fall my aged father asked me to consider making a donation to your TV ministry. Today I did just that and happily, here's why. For many years my sister and I have prayed for our father's salvation, that he would return to church and to become a believing Christian again. Little did we expect the Holy Spirit to work through a TV remote control as our father channel surfed on Sunday morning. You can imagine my surprise when one day out of the blue during my weekly call to him, he asked me to support your ministry. He listens to your message every Sunday now without his wife's knowledge because she would not approve. He particularly likes the way you explain the Bible. My sister and I are praising God for your ministry, etc. I needed that email. So my point is, Sometimes when you're really just down, God steps up and, as David puts it, renews your soul like the eagles. Let's look at the next blessing. Verse 6. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Here's the next blessing. Deliverance from oppression. You know, maybe you used to have a horrible boss. Or maybe you had a horrible parent, or, or even maybe a horrible spouse, and somehow God delivered you from that. Back in the 1600s, there was a Bible commentator by the name of Matthew Henry. One day he got robbed. In his diary, he wrote these words. Let me be thankful, first, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my wallet, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. There, Matthew Henry is praising God for deliverance from oppression. Eighth blessing is verse 7. God made known his ways to Moses. He made known his acts to the people of Israel. 
This is referring to the place in the Old Testament where Moses asks God to reveal himself and then Moses sees God. Here's the next blessing of the Christian life, revelation. Has God ever revealed himself to you? You know, I can remember years ago I had a question for God, kind of a big one. So I, I spent 24 hours fasting. I drank water, but I didn't eat any food. Right at the end of the 24 hours, I was talking with the lady of our church. She did not know what she was saying, but she answered the question I had for God. Has God ever revealed himself to you? Praise him when he does. One last blessing is verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Here's the last blessing for a believer. We have a patient God. He's slow to anger. You know, Hugh Hefner, founder of Playboy magazine, he's an old man now. Isn't God patience with sinners? Doesn't he give us sinners a lot of time to repent? I think of Bertrand Russell, atheist philosopher in Britain, who just railed against the Christian church. To our knowledge, he never converted, but he lived to be 98 years old. Isn't God patient with us? Isn't God long-suffering, slow to anger? Well, let, let me review for you what the blessings are of the Christian life. Number one, he forgives all your sins, even the big ones. Number two, he heals all your diseases, either down here or up there. Number three, he delivers you from death. Number four, his constant love. Number five, all the good things. We live better than medieval kings. Uh, number, uh, the next one, renewal. The next one, deliverance from oppression, revelation, and we serve a patient God. I want to close, and I want to ask you to do something. I started this maybe 15 years ago. I do it every night before I go to bed. Would you get into something called the praise habit? Here's what I want to ask you to do before you go to bed tonight. Tonight before you go to bed, just think back through the day and thank God for five things he did for you that day. You know, you can use some of these. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for that time you saved me from the car wreck. And just, or just that immediate day. Lord, thank you that uh, I was able to get my work. Just tonight before you go to bed, think back through the day and take a little prayer time and thank God for five things he did for you today. I've been doing that for 15 years. I hope to do it till the day I die. But when you get tired and you can't sleep, count your blessings instead of sheep and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his insights and his knowledge of scripture to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock popped into my mind. Did David write all of the Psalms? He wrote a lot of them, but like you might look at the Psalm something or other and it'll say a Psalm of Asap oh, okay. or the sons of Korah. And so David wrote a lot of them, but he didn't write all of them. Okay. So yeah. I didn't, I'll have to look in my Bible mm -hmm. at the Psalms mm -hmm. and see that. Yep. Okay. Some people say they pray the Psalms. How does a person do that? You know, I think a good way to, to pep up your prayer life, maybe some days you just don't feel like praying or it's getting boring, just say, God, I'm going to pray one of the Psalms. You know, the Psalms are the 
Old Testament prayer book for the Jews. They sang these psalms and they prayed these psalms. So I just happened to open up to the one we just prayed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And sometimes, old, old Maynard Forrest taught me this. You just pray out loud a psalm and you make it your own. That's what praying the psalms is. Okay. Some Christians think that we should praise God for bad things. Do you agree with that? Uh-huh. Well, we just preached on praising God for nine good things. Do we praise God for the bad things? I think we do. And I, here's where I get this. Romans 8:28. We know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. So, God, I don't like what I'm going through today, I, I, but you're using it to bring me close to you. And so I thank you for my marital problems. I thank you that you're in control of my family. I think thanking God for the bad stuff shows that you believe he's God and in control. So I do that, yeah. It's interesting because <coughs> you don't think to thank him for the bad things. No. You just question why he's doing yeah. it yeah. instead but, of... But, but in Saul, uh, Paul the Apostle says, For everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. There's a different verse, Jackie, that says, in everything give thanks. But there's another verse Paul writes that says, for everything give thanks. I should have found it, but you can look it up. <laughs> okay. So does God forgive my sins if I don't ask for it? Well, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So if you're living a life of sin and you're never confessing it, you're never repenting, I don't think you've got the forgiveness of sins through Christ. On the other hand, Jackie, we don't want to be imbalanced. Like I preached, you don't know half your sins. You're not going to have time to confess all your sins before you die. That's why our salvation is not dependent on us having time to confess. Our, our salvation is dependent on grace, on Christ on the cross, period. Yeah. If a person's having trouble believing that God loves and forgives them, is there anything that you can do mm -hmm. to change that? Well, you know, if it, when I have doubts, does God really forgive me or not? A, a few things that help me. It helps me to take Holy Communion. That's one way God assures me my sins are forgiven. It helps me to talk to my prayer partner and talk to him about my sin and have him proclaim the forgiveness of sins over me. That's called confession absolution. It can be a priest or a pastor, but you can do that with a, just a fellow Christian. So confession absolution helps. Um, communion helps. Uh, claiming 1 John 1, 9, that verse says I'm forgiven when I confess. So God, even though I don't feel it, I'm claiming that verse. So scriptures is a huge help. You said we should praise God for giving us the good things, but doesn't God give good things to people who don't, like atheists yeah, and that? Yeah. I mean, he, he so, right. Do, so, you know, does God give good gifts even to people that never bother to say thank you? And the answer is yes. And, and this comes from 500 years ago, Martin Luther writing a commentary on the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? Uh, God gives everyone daily bread, even to those who never thank him for it. But in this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, we are praying that he would make us mindful of it and thankful for it. Something like that. I, I myrtleized it, but I had to memorize that once. <laughs> and Luther's point was, yeah, God gives daily bread to unbelievers too. But in the Lord's Prayer, we remember to thank him for it. Well, you talked about God being patient and slow to anger. Mm -hmm. Doesn't his pace, patience ever run out with the well, way we act? you know, I want to say sometimes his, his patience does run out. Okay. And I'll give you two examples. Uh, there, in the Old Testament, there was Israel, which was the northern half of the country, and then Judah, the southern half of the country of Israel. 
northern half of Israel kept going after Baals and the Asheroth and all the false gods. Finally, in 722 BC, God brought the, the uh, Assyrians in and they destroyed neither, northern Israel and they pretty much never came back as a nation. Wow. Then 586 BC, a couple hundred years later or less than that, southern Israel called Judah did the same thing. God took southern Israel into captivity to Babylon for 70 years to punish them for their idolatry. Now they got to come back home uh, 70 years later and so uh, God still had a, relate, a Jewish people to relate to. But Jackie, there are two examples of one time, two times when God was so patient with the Jews in their idolatry for hundreds of years and he finally said enough. That's scary to a person, and if, especially if you're not a true believer, mm -hmm. to think that God is going to give up on you. Or the, our nation. Look yeah. at the way America has spit in God's face these last few years, and what's God going to do with America? I don't know. You know, it is a sad state because we teach our children to pray the, or say the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, mm -hmm. and it's always under God, mm -hmm. but yet every time you turn around, Somebody is trying to undermine and remove God mm -hmm. from being in control of our nation. Amen. So, can you explain the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? I think we talked about this before, yeah. but it seems like it's a confusing yep. thing. Jesus said, all sins will be forgiven the sins of man and whatever blasphemy they utter. But he who blasphemes the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness in this life or the next. And, and Jesus said that because the Pharisees were calling the Holy Spirit the devil. They were saying, yeah, Jesus, you cast out demons, but you do it by the power of the devil. Well, he was doing it by the power of the Spirit. And Jesus said they are guilty of an eternal sin. That's why we need to be very careful what we say about the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you heard the sermon, uh, the woman who said vile things about the Holy Spirit, my, I have prayed for her. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain one more time the praise habit? Yeah, what well, we said, Jackie. Uh, uh, I, I, I yeah. think it needs to be a little bit clearer. Right. Let's, uh, I just want to encourage people to do this. Before you go to bed tonight, you get on your knees if you do that, or you just lay in your bed, however you do it. God, I'm going to think back on this day and five things for which I'm thankful. You might want to thank him for the day you got saved 30 years ago. And the, the, today, Lord, I thank you that I was able to feed my children. Thank you, God, for uh, letting me uh, talk to that certain person about you. Just think of five things and do that every night before you go to bed. That has turned me into a more grateful person. Okay, that's very interesting, and I think it's something that we should all be thinking about yeah. doing. <laughs> um, we want to thank you for being with us and for supporting this ministry. You're seeing our website there. If you want to share that with somebody, you can also see any of our films or our shows that we've produced in the past by just logging into there. And thanks for being with us. God bless. Until next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Amen.